Thank you for listening to this Podcast One production. Now available on Apple Podcasts, Podcast One, Spotify, and anywhere else you get your podcasts. Hey, listen, man, I don't know if you heard it or not, man, but you can watch your favorite episodes now on Expeditiously page, man, at YouTube, okay? Don't forget to subscribe to the Expeditiously podcast right now, Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Watch your favorite episodes. They'll be coming out on Tuesdays and Thursdays on the Expeditiously YouTube channel. You can watch your favorite episodes now because they'll be coming out every Tuesday and Thursday on the Expeditiously YouTube channel. So what you need to do is go there and subscribe, all right? What gave you such an understanding for local politics so early on? Because I know everything that was happening to two live crews, politics. We represent our city. So if, if my platform is, okay, I'm Luke, I represent Miami, and I got all these people that love me here, and all these voters, I can get guys elected. And on top of it, I can go to the board, use our taxpayer dollars, build them a building, uh, redo that fucking park. Get this police chief the fuck out of our neighborhood because he got the police fucking with people. Shit, if they know if if, if right now if T.I. go and say, look, I'm endorsing this fucking lady right here, this dude right here, and you had a conversation, hey, dude, when you get in that seat, we need all this shit right here. That's the only reason I'm fucking with you, and you'll be surprised how many people will go out and vote because of who you are and what you stand for. I'm a diverse individual. All of this shit is real. Everybody like, ah, what is it? Is he a family man? Is he a trapper? Is he a ladies man? Well, I'm all of it. All of it. I beat your ass, kiss your girl, and go tuck my kids in. And then I show up <laughs> and lead a march on the weekend. <laughs> it's all real. Real, real. This is Expeditiously. I am Tilt T.I. Uh-huh. Now, the following experience is not a test. The conversations and stories expressed on this podcast are meant to be an expression of purpose and truth. This show, properly entitled Expeditiously, is a free exchange of ideas and opinions. No judgment, no preconceived beliefs, no fear. You're encouraged to share your thoughts and ask any question as long as it's done with respect. And that's through true love and respect for others that we will change the world and speak truth to power, one show at a time. Now, without further ado, this is Expeditiously. I'm Tip T.I. Harris. Welcome to Expeditiously, man. This is Tip T.I. Harris. I'm your host, and you know we have the iconic, the legendary, the prolific, the trailblazer, visionary, freedom fighter, Uncle Luke, Luther Campbell. Hey, listen, bro. You know, they got some shit wrote down, man, as far as, you know, your introduction to being a businessman, community activist, author, television personality, radio host, so on and so forth. I ain't even finna get into that too much. Not right now, because I want to say thank you for a couple of reasons. We have... uh something in common you have had a hand in my life probably don't even know it the very 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 first tape that i got for myself right two live crew nasty as they want to be i was eight years old i think eight nine (laughs) i was eight nine years old right and my grandmama right my grandmama we was in the mall we was a green brown mall and she was supposed to buy me a toy or something you know what i'm saying and that was supposed to be like you know my my reward for coming and shopping with her and you know waiting with her while she's shopping the mall so i said instead of a i said instead of a toy i want a tape so we go into peppermint music in green brown mall <laughs> and they asked me what I want. I said, I want that right there. 
eight years old. She wasn't paying no attention to know what the hell was going on. She just paid the money, gave me the change afterwards. And I went home, man, and consumed myself with two live crew, man, and grew up to be who I am today, bro. You know what I'm saying? So that shit, man, had a lot to do with you. You dig what I'm saying? Uh, that, that had man, to be an elevated experience. <laughs> I mean, hey, listen, I was ahead of the curve. I felt like, man, next time I go back to school, you know what I'm saying? I ain't even playing the same. I can't play in the same sandbox with you kids now. You dig what I'm saying? We- <laughs> I know that you might have found them saying what's supposed to be in the sandbox. <laughs> hey, Grandma, where you got that from? <laughs> Another thing that a lot of people may not know, especially, man, once you get, you know what I'm saying, in the you know, beyond the millennials and the generation X, Y, Z, so on and so forth. A lot of people don't know the contribution uh, that you had in in allowing people to rap with freedom of speech. Like, you actually caught a Fed case for that shit. Oh, yeah. And fought it. Oh, yeah. No doubt about it. I mean, you know, and, and people people don't realize how, how difficult that, that was. It, it was, you know, when you have an album and the you know and and the store clerks are getting put in jail and then you know the police yeah. departments around the country telling you uh you can't come in those towns and 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 do the do the uh perform the songs other than that you're gonna go to jail uh we right. had we we had an option whether we just want to just leave the shit alone and say okay uh y'all ban the record uh it's off the shelf then eventually every other city would have Band the record, but then we just took it upon ourselves and said, "Fuck it, we're gonna go into the city where y'all band the record at, and we're gonna go to jail." You know, and I knew the police was out there. You know, and I, we said, "Okay, guys, y'all want to do this shit? We're going to get." I mean, when you see motherfuckers walk around with tight, tight football jerseys on, you know they the police. And, <laughs> at, at the football, like, yeah, police right here, police right here. So we ended up getting uh, getting locked up, and then uh uh going to jail because we we performed a record that was uh, supposed to be deemed obscene because it was three cases going on. It was one where they deemed the record obscene, mm-hmm. and that was in the federal uh, court. And then now with the record being deemed obscene, you can't perform it until you get it overturned in court. So I was right. fighting that battle. I didn't have to fight that battle, but I, I looked at it and I said, if we don't get this overturned, then that'll set precedent. If anybody that been in the system, right. you understand that you use case law. You know, and right. they use, okay, this is the case law, and that case law would have been on the books. And before you know it, any other rapper coming out to us, if they said, motherfucker, fuck that, or whatever it may be, they would have used that case law because it would have been a federal statute against any artist. So I didn't want that to be on the books. So, you know, I spent quite a bit of money uh, uh, getting that overturned. So, so what exact? What album was it that that they actually nasty as they want to be? Na- oh shit! Same fucking album. <laughs> it's my fucking album. <laughs> they say I'm fucking up Ti mine. You're fucking up Ti mine. We got hey. fucking grandma buying Ti the fucking song. <laughs> all up. And it went in the sandbox. 
and shit. He's looking at the girls a different way. <laughs> hey, man, I will tell you this, though. I will tell you this. I didn't even want the girls in my class, in my school no more. I was looking at high school girls. I'm looking at girls older than me from that point forward. I swear to God, man. Uh, but... But what people won't what people won't understand is the severity of the circumstances that you was in, right? Uh they say that there was a store clerk, uh, excuse me. They say there was a store clerk in 1988 that sold a copy of uh, 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 your shit to an undercover agent. Mm-hmm. Now, imagine how serious some shit has to be. You know what I'm saying? Just take yourself back, guys, the 1988 uh and and what and exactly what which 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 organization was it? FBI? It was uh it was it was Brown County Sheriff Department. What happened was because the record was deemed obscene in Broward County, um in Broward County, then it was it was national because it was a federal case at the time, just like you say. But in Broward was where everything was really popping off at. And so this Broward Sheriff, his name was Navarro. He's dead right now. He used to be on the. He used to be on TV with Geraldo all all the time. So he was like a a, a reality uh, uh, chef that you know they put the cameras behind him and show him putting yeah. him up in the jail and all that doing dope buses. So he took it upon himself to kind kind of come after us. Once the once the uh, chef deemed it obscene, he went into the guy store. The uh, young man there was Charles Friedman, and uh, Friedman. Same way, Freeman was like, "Fuck it, I'm selling the record. Y'all can come lock me up," and mm. they came. They basically locked him up. So imagine how serious some shit has to be, you know what I'm saying? Uh, uh, at the time, for taxpayers' dollars to be used for policemen uh, to go in and basically create a sting operation just for uh, 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 artists selling music and CDs that could be out robbing, selling dope, could be doing any of a number of things but instead of that, they've put their talents to good use and legitimized themselves uh, and, and you know, and they created somewhat of a task force against you guys and had you, and had you guys not stood up, stayed solid and fought that shit, then it would have been more than just the parental advisory sticker, we wouldn't even be able to say the shit that we say as most of us have found out the hard way, getting in the debt is easy, but getting out is exponentially harder, especially if your credit score isn't great. Thankfully, now there's Upstart.com, the revolutionary lending platform that knows you're more than just your credit score and offers smarter interest rates to help you pay off high interest credit card debt. Upstart goes beyond the traditional credit score when assessing your credit worthiness. They actually reward you based on your education and job history in the form of a smarter rate. Upstart believes you're more than just your credit score. They believe in you. They make it fast, simple, and easy to check your rate. Since it's just a soft pull, it won't affect your credit score. The hard pull happens if you accept your rate. The best part. Once the loan is approved and accepted, most people get their funds the very next business day. You know what I mean? Like the next day. That's ASAP. 
Over 400,000 people have used Upstart to pay off credit cards and to meet their financial goals. Free yourself from the burden of high-interest credit card debt by consolidating everything into one monthly payment with Upstart. See why Upstart is ranked number one in their category with over 300 businesses on Trustpilot. And hurry to Upstart.com slash TIP to find out how low your Upstart rate can go. Checking your rate only takes a few minutes. That's Upstart.com slash TIP. Yeah, no doubt about it. And that's what it was all about because the way I looked at it, you know, because, again, I could just say fuck it and just left it there and didn't fight it. Uh, but the way I looked at it, I was like, everybody everybody behind us, you know, it was everybody behind us is going to be affected uh, by it. So you got to fight this. You got to fight this because, again, what, what kind of brought it on also, you had Tipper Gore, which was Al Gore's wife, Right. You know, and Al Gore was the senator before he became the vice president. She made this blacklist. It had me, it, it had two live crew on it. It had Ice Ice Cube, it had Guns N' Roses, it had uh, NWA, it had all the rappers on this on this blacklist. And so mm. they kind of were blackballing us, and they were targeting us, and they were going after different politicians because they had the they had the money to just stop hip hop. So right. when you when you know that. It's a movement to shut down, you know, uh, hip-hop because at that time, now it's starting to cross over to the white family's household, and right. they want to shut this shit down. You you got to take a stance. And, you know, my old man always taught me, say, look, if you don't stand for nothing, you'll fall for anything. So I just was like, like fuck it. Whatever amount of money we're going to take to fight it, uh, we're going to fight it. And, uh, and we eventually won. And then they came back at us again. With another case, uh, the case mm. that went to the Supreme Court, because they, right. you know, we sampled, uh, we did a parody of a uh, pretty woman, and so they said, well, we couldn't catch these motherfuckers on that. Let's catch them on this uh, parody. So I ended up uh, getting sued by Roy Orbison Estate, and uh, for doing the parody, we ended up in the Supreme Court. To make a long story short, that was another attack on hip hop and we eventually won that won that case in the Supreme Court. So banned in the USA was a result of that case or or the the one from Nasty as they want to be? Yeah the one well the one from uh Nasty had Nasty was much more of explicit lyrics whether they were deemed obscene. Yeah that motherfucker was serious. Yeah that motherfucker <laughs> <laughs> hey, look here. Look here I was selling them motherfuckers out the trunk of my car man. I had to put nasty <laughs> I had to put girls on there with ass, and I made sure on the back of the cover it had face down, ass up. So when you grabbed that motherfucker, you was like, oh, shit. What the fuck did they tell us to do? <laughs> all, the, all that shit was straight marketing. But the one, the one, the parody one that went to the Supreme Court, that was that was where the parody was protected by the First Amendment, and that was all based on sampling. So everybody, Ooh. all of us back then, we doing the sampling, but we ain't getting no clearances. You feel right. me? Right. We all getting sued, getting sued, and that we sampled, not sampled, but we uh we did a parody of the song, and before you know it, they was like, oh, we got this nigga right now, see, and then and then we eventually got sued. I went to the Supreme Court. I also got sued by uh, by uh, George Lucas for the name Lou Skywalker. Oh. So I got yeah, I got sued by him. You know, it, it's still it's that. That group of typical, they call them, uh, the name of the group was uh, Focus on the Family. And so they had a group of powerful uh, senator wives and all that shit. 
And so, you know, they used to call me Lou Skywalker when I was a, a JIT and the record company was Lou Skywalker Record. And uh, they ended up suing me. I was getting sued from everywhere. They were just trying to stop what we were doing and just stop hip hop in general. Yeah, man. Well, I appreciate you, bro. Thank you for all that you've done on our behalf, man, this generation and the ones to follow, bro. Uh, and I don't think enough people, I don't think enough people acknowledge it and, you know, take, take time to, to pay homage. You know what I'm saying? So I appreciate you. I salute you and it ain't nothing but love and respect on this end. Um, but you, you've had a lot of firsts. Like you, you, you've been the first to do a lot of shit in this game. Uh, how did you actually, or when did you actually get into the game? Well, I got into it. I was a DJ, so I would say about 1976. Mm. Uh, I DJ with a, a little group of uh, dudes. We actually, I mean, we at the beginning of it, we we were we were a gang, and I was the leader. <laughs> of the gang. <laughs> I mean. You know what I'm saying? Hey, leadership has to take form in some shape. You know what I'm saying? It got to start somewhere. You got to start somewhere. <laughs> so you, you're in the trap, and then you right. go for the trap, and then the gang, then the gang from being a DJ, and then you go right. DJ. Before you know it, uh, we just started. I mean, the DJing thing was our way out. We looked at it like that. Like, hey, look, we don't want to be living this, this life that we was living, doing what we was doing, and we started DJing, and then before you know it, uh, we started having big pack crowds uh, at the parks, at the dances, skating rinks, and then Ooh. from that, uh, we tried to, you know, I tried to diversify the DJ group uh, and start bringing down hip hop artists because uh, at, at that time it wasn't no hip hop artists coming to Miami, and uh, until we brought what? them back, no, none. So you telling me niggas, niggas was avoiding Miami? No, they just it was it was just no promoters that was bringing them down. So, gotcha. I mean, you're talking about 76, but we bringing down the oh, okay. and uh and uh, Teela Rock and Mantronics and Jekyll and Hyde and shit like that. So I was a promoter bringing these right. dudes to spin at the uh, play at the skating ring and shit. So, uh, we, you know, we went from that. Then I brought down two live crew and then mm. they everybody came down. Everybody that came down, I brought Run DMC, everybody. Everybody came and said how the record company was fucking them and they weren't getting paid. And then I bring this group, Two Live Crew, down and they said the same thing. And before you know it, uh, that's how we ended up linking up. Okay, so Two Live Crew was already in existence before you came in the picture. Yeah, yeah. They were uh, they were actually in the Navy. Na- one was in the Air Force and one was in the Navy out of uh, out of California. Uh, it was okay. three. Guys, it was three guys in the group. Uh, the original member was Yuri Vlot. Yuri Vlot was a conscience rapper. That's what people mm. don't know. It was you had one side of the record that was conscious rap, uh, and then the other side, you know, Chris had a song called Beatbox on there, uh, and that was more around the bass uh, <clears throat> way of uh, of music. So that kind of gravitated to us down in Miami because everything was about. Uh, about the base, and so when I brought them down, you know they wanted to then try to find a deal, uh, and I looked for a deal for them because I ain't I didn't want to be in no fucking record business. And before you know, it, everybody kept saying, "Nah, we don't want to fuck with that. We don't want you know they don't want to bother with that." And there was no such thing at that time of a hip hop group coming from the South. Period. It was right. like you know, and I I was interning at the station radio station. And so I knew all the all the radio guys, and I would tell them, "Hey, look, man, this shit hot, you know, take it back." And they would be like, "Man, no fucking uh, 
we we get hip hop artists from from uh, New York, and we barely fucking with Philly and California got their own type of shit. And so now you talk about Miami, so they kind of uh, just South period. They was like, nah, we ain't fucking with that. So I eventually mm. I ended up putting this stuff out myself. Damn. Okay. So when you actually decided to get in the group and become a member, what was so what was that like process like? Well, they, what what was happening is because you know I was like you know it's gonna be difficult uh, because you don't have a big budget, you don't have a record company behind you, and I just kind of you know gave them the idea like, hey, look, we might need to do some some comedy shit. You might want to change the shit up and put some, you know, Dolomite in there and some Leroy Skillet in there and some Unest in this motherfucker, you know, to uh, uh, add it on there. And so we didn't say, okay, you know, but then Yuri, you know, Yuri the conscious rapper, you know, black man, I love him to death. Yuri's like, I ain't on that shit. I'm not, I'm not, be, I'm not trying to rap, but I know throw the dick and, and we want some pussy. I'm not vibing like that. So Yuri eventually ended up getting out of the group. Uh, and then me being a popular DJ and DJing in Miami is similar to, you know, what, what, what they do in Atlanta, different than what they do in New York, where we get on the mic and we get the crowd going and shit. Right. I did. Uh, and the guys were like, look, man, we need to get you in the group, you know, to be the hype man and, and come on and do what you do DJing. So that's how I eventually ended up getting into the group. Uh, I, I didn't want to be in the group at all. Yeah, I mean, but I think that <clears throat> it's something about, like, one thing that I could tell, regardless of whether you're a hip-hop artist, whether you're an athlete, whether you're an actor, uh, a school teacher, or work at McDonald's, I can I can tell leaders, you know what I'm saying, people who were put here to lead, you know what I'm saying, and I think that that is what got you in the group. And once you decided to do that, that's kind of what, you know, pushed you up to the front. Uh, I believe that there is a, a, a skill or a talent in the leadership of people. Um, and I think, man, you have presented yourself as a leader from the time I was introduced to you uh, up until now, even in, you know, your role in, in, in the community with, with, with the football teams and, you know, the little league football team. Can you talk a little bit about your involvement in the community in Miami? Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, I was a kid, you know, I was a kid that, that was bust to Miami beach as a kid to play football. I mean, everybody in Miami, the right of passage is to play football. You got to play football. If you don't play football, then you better get in the band. If you got in the band, then you got your ass <laughs> every day. Uh, so that it wasn't no band going on in my house, and I'm I'm the the baby of four four brothers and no girls. Dang. So that it, that was hardcore up in there. And uh, yeah. and uh, again, we we ended up, you know, I, I ended up being kind of good. And so I got bust to Miami Beach every day to play football. Uh, so we ended up, you know, from elementary, uh, junior high, senior high, I got bust over there to play ball. Uh, we would have to be off the beach, South Beach, where everybody liked to go at. You know, back mm. then, black people couldn't be on the beach after 6 o'clock. If you was on, Yeah, yeah. And where are you? That was in, uh, that was in, uh, shit, that was, Probably uh seventies. That was uh I finished school seventy six, so you would say those uh six years over there 
uh, I would say 70. And uh, in the 70s, you would have 70, 72 and all that, you would have to be off the beach. Uh, after 6 o'clock, you go to jail. So we were, we were kids. We would get busted over there uh, to play ball. And uh, at the end of the day, you know, when I did that, I was like, I don't want no other kid to have to deal with that because when I looked at it, it wasn't about education. It was it was two things going on. It was integration, and then they wanted us to go over there to be the great athletes to make uh, the school on the white school look good. And so I said, I don't want no other kids to go through that. And that's why I started my program uh, in the in Liberty City, where I'm from, so kids don't have to be subjected to that. They can just stay in their hood, see their homeboys, right. play with their homeboys. And so, actually, this year is our thirtieth anniversary of uh, of our program that we started and I mean, we probably have, we won probably more national championships in Pop Warner football than any other program in the country. Okay, so let's take a break from the discussion to talk about something that I know you care about, your money. That's right. Right now you want to have access to your money faster. Think about it. There's no reason why you should have to wait all week for your paycheck. That's why I want to tell you about our friends over at Current. Current is the next generation of bank. They're a mobile bank that gets you paid up to two days faster. Think about that. Up to two days faster. You know what you could do with your money in 48 hours? Exactly. That means if you normally get paid on Friday, when you switch to Current, you'll get your money on Wednesday. You understand? Two days sooner. Plus, are you tired of getting stuck with crazy overdraft fees? Current gives you free overdraft up to $100 with overdrive. So if you spend over your balance, you won't get declined or charged any fees. They're going to let you hold a hundred. Current is a real bank account, not a prepaid card, okay? So it works with Apple Pay, Google Pay, Cash App, and Venmo. You can even instantly send money for free using your current tag tip. <laughs> you like I did that, don't you? Current notifies you when you spend and lets you pause your card instantly in the app. It only takes two minutes to sign up and your current card will be shipped to you for free. That's right. Download Current in the App Store or go to Current.com right now. The first 10 people who use my code TIP to sign up for Current will get sent $10 from yours truly. Yeah, courtesy of the Dime Trap. So, Go to Current right now, man. Check them out. I'm, anybody who can get you your money faster, they should be your friend. So go to Current.com and don't forget to use the promo code TIP. I know you and Snoop, you and Snoop were going back and forth for a long time. Yeah, yeah. I hooked Snoop up. I, I actually, uh, Snoop actually called, called me up, man, and asked me, you know, he saw what I was doing and he, he talked, we talked, and I was like, this is how you do it. This is how you kind of put it together. And he, he put together that. A hell of a program out there uh, with with uh, with some of the guys, you know, that he came up with in LA, and they're doing some some good work with those kids. And so, you know, we are we always mix it up every now and then. We'll play each other, but we always stay in touch on 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 the sports aspect of it. Right, and you know what I'm saying now that now that relationship is very good to see how positive the outcome has became because y'all didn't start off on such good terms. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> you know the evolution of real men brought y'all to a better place, and I'm glad to see that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We didn't, we didn't. I mean, we didn't start off just like you say. I mean. I think everything, uh, just like you said, everything, everything works itself out. You know, at right. that at that point when we was on a 
on a different end of it. I mean, he made a song about us. We made a song about him, uh, him and, and Dre and everybody. And Well, no, 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 because the songs came after the actual action. And see, that's the thing about the old school versus the new school. You know what I'm saying? See, I learned from cats like, okay, if we do a song about y'all, this song is going to be a reflection of the action that has already taken place. We not doing the song and then waiting to run into you. No, you no, no. You're right. You're right. You're, 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 <laughs> you are correct. You, you have the action. You have a yeah. situation. And then you go in the lab and talk about, okay, you this type of motherfucker and you did and all that. And then you squash it. Uh, right. It becomes a situation. And so right. back then, Back then, uh, Suge Knight was beating up everybody, and every record executive in the world was scared of him. But yeah. again, you know, it was it was like okay, you know, I think it was somewhere down the line where it was an interview, and I was like, "Nah, that motherfucker ain't gonna punk me." You know what I'm saying? I don't, I don't get out like that. And so it became a situation, and and we had a little run in, and then we made records, and then from making the records, uh, long story short, it all came to a head in Atlanta. Yeah, Jack the Rapper, huh? Jack the Rapper. Yeah, Jack the Rapper. I heard about that shit. We was in the trap when that shit happened, man. I heard all about it. Oh, you was supposed to come over there and help me out. <laughs> she is. I, hey, man, I might have been 13, man, 12, 13 years old, man. <laughs> trying to get my little trying to get my little dime bags of weed off, man, you know? <laughs> I would have loved, but, but, but the thing is, I would have loved to have been in that shit, bro. Like, you know what I'm saying? Just the kind of guy I was. It's good I wasn't around, bro. It's good I wasn't around. It was like, because uh, back then it was more, it was, you know, it was South. Because we in the South, you know, what people don't realize, you know, we really got shitted on just because we were Southern artists. We would go do shows, like I remember in in Mississippi, we would go do shows with uh, Run DMC. And they give us five minutes on stage. You could understand this. You get five minutes on stage, and you got this much stage to work with. And here you got, you got at least fifteen or twenty or thirty minutes worth of songs. And they just like fuck them niggas from uh, them Bama dudes from the south, and yeah. we cut everything in the world. So we end up, you know, we end up having to fight them uh, one night. And so you go to the next venue, you know, you go to Memphis or somewhere. And you got Eric B and Rakim, and they they saying the same thing. We don't fuck with these down south niggas. So it became, you, it was a whole other fight, you know. And you would yeah. do, so, you, so when we got to that situation, it was like, damn, why are we beefing? Because we went through the same struggle. I remember, you know, uh, we will only be able to perform and tour with, like, groups from California or groups from uh, Philly. So we would mm. perform all time with NWA and me and Q we would sit down and talk about that shit and, and so I kind of knew if it ever becomes a, a, a beef thing I didn't think it was going to be a beef with the South versus uh, West Coast versus South but it was more going to be a beef uh, with uh, 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 New York versus everybody else so that's how it, it kind of ended up there we had the big brawl and, uh, and all the guys from that motherfucker was epic. Yeah, that shit was that crazy. That motherfucker was epic. At the, was it the Omni at the Omni Hotel, wasn't it? Uh, it was at the uh, Omni Hotel, and all kind of TVs and shit. Everybody knew what was going. Everybody knew what was going that down. Was epic. We heard about that shit on Bankhead. 
Hey, I walked, out, I walked out the place with all kind of blood on me, and, and she, my daddy called me up and said, why you stab my damn security? What I had nothing to do with this shit? <laughs> hey, and the bad part about that shit, get what? Nobody did no time. Nobody did no time. Nobody told on nobody. Nobody did no time. Motherfucker handled their shit like men. Went back to their respective areas and continued, you know what I'm saying, to get it how they live, you know. Uh, Everybody had respect for each other afterwards. I mean, I even even after that, we hadn't seen each other. I I invited them down. Uh, I invited them down to the Super Bowl game and said, look, man, let's just smoke the peace pipe because – you know, we don't need to be going through this. We got to get this fucking bag. Man, that's amazing, bro. That's amazing. I think, and, and the, the, the the purpose of this show, man, is to have conversations, right, with with people who are relevant to the discussion. So the kids who growing up, who in the same position as T.I. was in back when my grandmama was buying me nasty they want to be, or the same position that you was in when you, <laughs> the same position you was in when you was a DJ or a gang, or a gang member, and if we would have had the information that we had now, that we have now, we would have been able to navigate our path a lot differently, man, and avoid a bunch of the shit that we went through. So, you know, I like to have a discussion with people that, you know, that could that could drop some jewels and help them goddamn get them, get themselves from where they at to where they want to be in life, you know, with a smoother path, a smoother transition. Um, and I think, man, you have definitely, man, you, you, you've lived the life of a legend. You single-handedly, uh, well, I won't say single-handedly, but you've been accredited along with your other group members in Two Live Crew with starting Southern Hip Hop. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean it. It was uh, again, like I said, it was a, it was it was a challenge, and I appreciate it, and I appreciate what you're doing on the show because just like you say, we got we gotta we gotta give them the information. Nine times ten, you know, these young cats they ain't read in the book. I mean, they they ain't gonna pick up a book. They ain't no source magazine. There's a blog uh, with a couple of lines, and nine times ten people gravitating to the to the bullshit that they see on there or whatever they see somewhere else. But it's important for OGs like you uh, uh, to be able to give them the information because there's a lot of guys, a lot of kids came up just like us and they're coming up right, just like us right, right now. They, they got talent and they don't even know they got the talent. Right. The talent come in all different shapes, forms, and fashion. It ain't, you don't got to be, you know, that Rhodes Scholar at, at Harvard, but, you know, street knowledge is the best knowledge. And so when they... Mm having these kind of conversations, you know, it's good for them because they inspire them because a lot of them, like myself, I didn't know what direction I was going to go in as a kid. Right. I was thought I was going to be like my homeboys, either dead or in jail. You know, right. I didn't think I was going to be able to help my homeboys, you know, become millionaires and, and have live good lives and all that. And I think that's the real important part of it. Absolutely. Uh, and it's, it's, it's incredibly important that, that how – your commitment has translated into the lives of others, uh, and you, you you've even developed a, 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 a very good relationship with the Miami, uh, the University of Miami, and their sports uh, their sports department. Um, so much that you know they've even adopted the big two live crew gold chain. You know what I'm saying for the big plays, man. So th- how did that come about? That relationship. Oh man, I mean, you know, uh, being a football guy, you know, uh, and uh, being a football guy, 
you know, and being a kid going to the games. And back then, it be my brother would take us there. You know, when I was about 10 years old, we go to the game, and U.M. would be getting their ass whooped. Eighty did nothing about Notre Dame and Georgia come down here beat the shit out of us. I just sit there like shit. One day we got to get good. So eventually, uh, I end up, uh, you know, uh, career start taking off. And one thing we did on the first album cover, we put the jackets on. We put right. the UM jackets on, and we had the UM draws on. We had we had everything uh, yeah. UM, and so we kind of embraced the the school, and then the school embraced. Our shit, you know, so mm. we were like outlaws, you know, and my whole my whole mindset was, you know, because we from the South, everybody hate us and the shit we was going through on the road and from the industry, you know, that we were the bad guys and the bad boys and 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 we was the outlaws of the entire industry. They took on that same identity. I would have a conversation with some of the players. Jerome Brown and Winston Moss and all them dudes and, and and we would just sit around vibing and say, look, man, they don't they don't like y'all the same way they don't like us. So y'all go out there and do that shit the way y'all want to do it. So that's when we we established a relationship. Uh and I've been like part of the program forever. I mean, it is, you know, which is good. And you know, to see all these other do see the guys come in the program and then mentor them into doing great things with their career. Because I always told them it was about money. And then one of the other things why I kind of got involved in the program, at one point they didn't let black people go to Carl Gables where the, where the uh, school is located at. And when they started mm-hmm. bringing kids from the inner city, they were just in there robbing them fucking white boys. They were taking the money. They was robbing everybody <laughs> on campus. Them niggas was acting like niggas shooting that shit up. So I'm sitting there big dude like, oh, hold on. I got to get, get these dudes straight. So you end up going down there, hey, man, y'all bring your ass over here, man. You, you got to understand the opportunity that you got. You're going to get an education, put yourself in a position where you can probably go to the next level. Don't do that shit. Let's do it a different kind of way. And so that's why you saw the dancing on the field, cussing motherfuckers out, you know, yeah. hitting legs, running through the tunnel. We kind of yeah. orchestrated all that. With everything that's going on right now, a lot of people been pulling up on me and asking me if it's even possible to buy life insurance at a time like now. And the short answer is yes. You could buy life insurance during the pandemic. And if you have loved ones depending on your income, you probably should. The last thing you should have to worry about is the what ifs. As an insurance marketplace, Policy Genius is in contact with the life insurance companies on their platform every day. They'll keep a track of all the changes in the market so you don't have to, which means they can get you covered quickly and for the best price. Here's how it works. Policy Genius compares quotes from the top life insurance companies in one place. It just takes a few minutes to compare quotes from the top insurers to find your best price. And this doesn't just save a lot of legwork. You can save $1,500 or more a year. You dig what I'm saying? By using Policy Genius to compare life insurance policies. Now, once you apply to Policy Genius, the team will handle all the paperwork and the red tape for free. You dig? So if you hear any speed bumps during the application process, they'll be there to take care of everything. Policy Genius, you'll find the best rate and handle the process completely. They'll get you and your family protected and hopefully give you one less thing to worry about. Policy Genius. Yeah, and I think that's that. That's a huge part of of, of our culture uh, and our community that I feel like mass incarceration has taken away the leadership roles you know what I'm saying a lot of the young cats man running wild because it ain't no real leaders left you know uh, and everybody look to of course 
the the celebrities and the athletes and but what we need is motherfuckers boots on the ground like when these kids is in middle school high school uh, uh, going to college, who they coming home and seeing on the corner outside every day. And, you know, the war on drugs kind of took that away from us. You know what I'm saying? So I salute and respect everything you got going, man. Uh, tell us about Warriors of Liberty City. Warriors of Liberty City, that's uh, that's that's my youth program. Like I say, I co-founded with my uh, homeboy, Sam Johnson. Uh, we uh, founded the program 30 years ago and and I never really I never really publicized the program because mm-hmm. it wasn't it wasn't about okay all right rapper doing putting money back into a you know putting money and starting a new program I ain't never want that so for years we went where just people just would go and randomly write books on the program how great it is and we would keep the media out because we didn't want that kind of attention and so eventually uh uh, LeBron came to me, and me and him talked uh, with this other kid, Evan, and they were like, you know, you got to put this shit on. Uh, people got to see this around the country because what we do uh, with our program, we make sure dads are involved because when we started the program, it was based on, you know, it's year-round sports. Single, we, We're trying to support single-parent uh, mothers, but what we – the program transformed into, yeah, single-parent mothers, but – Dad, if you ain't in that kid life, you got to come out there. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Dad, if dad is incarcerated, then dad, in order for the kid to be in the program, you had to stay in touch with that kid. So that's why when you look at the show that we did on uh, Stars, you will see black men involved. And I think, you know, to, to display that around the country, to let people know that black men are really involved with their kids. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, because too many stories of, the daddy left, he took off, left the mama with four kids. There's a lot of stories like that. Uh, sure. But but there's a lot of stories where there's some black men that's in their kids' lives. And took over, and took up for life, uh, took over and, and took care of kids that wasn't even theirs. Yes, sir. And and, and so. you're, you're correct. And that's what they that's what we do at the park. I mean, we got a hundred and fifty volunteers. Uh, men and women, and they're the women are in the women's lives, and we walk around, make sure the girls are doing the right thing. The academics got to be on point. Other than that, right. you'll get to the study hall, and uh, you know we make sure you know we make sure our kids come out. I mean, like we got some kids that became doctors, some kids that became lawyers. Like one of our our biggest supporters is uh, is a, uh, uh, a commissioner, which is the chairman. Uh, of Miami, he was a kid that came out of the program, and through through our program and the influence that we have in the community, and this going into the politic part of it, we were able to get him elected because of the mm. because of the alumni base of the program. When you know the you know when the 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 the, uh, the uh, conglomerates was putting their money on this pastor, we eventually got him elected, and right. so he. You know, he's currently the commissioner. He ran. This is his second term. The other term was unopposed because anybody wouldn't fuck with him because he know right. he know how strong our base is, uh, and that he, you know, is virtually impossible to uh, to beat him. And so we do that with a lot of other political candidates uh, because we feel like if we control the politics in town, then the community will get what is what's needed. It's easy to be standing out there talking shit. You know, but right. if you get involved in the politics, you know, 
you'll be able to uh, make some moves and get some things for your community. Yeah, it's, it's important that you say that. And you were one of the first people that I saw, especially from the South, you know what I'm saying, that was like uh, concerned and clearly involved in local politics. Mm-hmm. You know, what got you, what gave you such an understanding for local politics so early on? Well, I mean, I, I looked at it from the, I mean, what got me, because I know everything that was happening to two live crew was politics. It was all mm. based on politics. It was state attorneys who get elected. It was sheriffs who was getting elected. It was all politics. It was politicians. Mm. You know, fucking Dan Quayle, the vice president, talking about fuck the two live crew, put them in jail. You know, it was all politics. So I had to some kind of way get involved in the political process. But then I looked at it and say, you know, we spend a lot of taxpaying dollars. We pay a lot of taxes. Uh, how can we all, we're rappers. T.I. represents Atlanta. Luke represents Florida and Miami. Uh, uh, Jay represents uh, 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 New York. So I looked at us, I, all of us, as representatives of our area. Even though we, and 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 by 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 our the amount of sales, we those were our actual votes. So that those made, were the votes. Okay, you feel okay. me? So that made us the representative of that area. I go, I rep right. my city. You know, we right. all rep our city. So what's the difference between us? We represent our city just like the politician represent the area in which they was elected to represent. So I said, look, if we just take that formula that I rep my city and we take the formula, the, the, the fact that we pay all these taxes, you pay mm-hmm. shit taxes, everybody call yeah. you. Hey, Tip, can you sponsor the football team? Yeah. And can you help us That's build my Exactly. So, yeah. you already, so I looked at it and say, what can we do? How can we how can we get the things that they, they can get by using our platform? So if, if my platform is, okay, I'm Luke, I represent Miami, and I got all these people that love me here, and all these voters, I can get guys elected, and on top of it, I can go to the board, school board, or whatever commission meeting, and say, hey, look, use my money, use our taxpaying dollars, build them a building, you know, uh, redo that fucking park. Uh right. Put lights over here. Get this police chief the fuck out of our neighborhood because he got the police fucking with people. And so because, you know, because you now got the numbers, now we got numbers, you know, we encourage everybody. We don't just say register to vote for no president shit. We say register to vote for this movement. And and we got, you know, we're able to, you know, we're able to get shit done, get shit built, uh, get people jobs. I mean, not the bullshit jobs. Uh, uh, we able to City go jobs. Yeah, get real, get real money. Yeah, get the benefits because they know the powers and the numbers. They know shit. If, they know if, if, if right now if T.I. go and say, look, I'm endorsing this fucking lady right here, this dude right here, and you had a conversation, hey, dude, when you get in that seat, we need all this shit right here. That's the only reason I'm fucking with you and you'll be surprised how many people will go out and vote because of who you are and what you stand for? That's you know, I don't let them. I don't support them. Just the bullshit. You know, hey, look, dude, it's a it's a long list of shit. You know, you ain't bullshit. <laughs> so you can get up there and bullshit. That's, no, 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 no. So I mean, that's what we try to do. 
But you, I ask that question because you'd be surprised how many people just actually give up that kind of endorsement without any kind of uh, requests or, or accountability from the other side. They'll just go up there and stand next to them and then they get use their influence to benefit this particular politician. But when that politician get elected, they don't have no, you know, ain't no real understanding of what is supposed to be done in exchange for that. Exactly. And that's what we got to get out of. Now I have a conversation with them all. They know you got to come, you got to tell me your platform, and then I got to tell you what the hood want. You know, mm-hmm. I, told him, I told him, I was like, hey, man, you know, they get ready to legalize marijuana in the state of Florida. You know, right. I got two things. I got two things. Legalize marijuana in the state of Florida, but you got to put it in the policy that if you got, if you have a felony, because of selling marijuana, that should not exempt you from getting a license. Right. That should actually make you an expert. That should make you an expert, especially <laughs> if you do it and everything else. Yeah. You know, you know, dude was kind of wavering on that. And then I was like, man, who, you know, basically don't, you can't sell us down the, the river because now we can't have, we, you know, if you'll put a whole community out of business, if we don't be able to sell our own weed and then, mm. and then, the weed man go to jail. The weed man can't sell. You bring somebody that don't look like us down. They set up these dispensaries. We need right. to be able to sell our own weed. Then the other thing was, uh, which you could relate to because you're an expert in this, I was like, we need the tax credit to be able uh, to do the movies and the uh, yeah. television and, and, the, sure. and the, the film industry tax credit. So it's like, oh, well, that, I don't know. I'm like, look, you know, look at, look at how that stimulated the economy in Atlanta. And we got all the sunshine and all this shit. You know, people be able to, you know, have an option where they can be able to shoot down here and then we could then get some of these black communities, get the tax credits in the black community where where now you'd have to house your production. And create jobs. And create so much so many jobs for and and turn turn a struggling community into a thriving community. Exactly. I mean, you know better than uh anybody. I mean shit, once they're doing a certain amount of time. On the set, they become union. Now that person, shit, he, he just holding up the clipboard and all of a sudden, <laughs> a day. Are you looking to head the wedding season or a special event? No, you'll be taking pictures, I'm sure. With Candid, the average treatment length is just six months. And you'll start seeing results way before then. I mean, well, you know, I guess none of us are going to be moving as much as we used to. So you might as well take this time to get yourself together try and get your teeth straight, man. So you ready to take the first step towards straighter teeth? For a limited time, you can get started with $75 off by using code TI at CandidCO.com. Slash TI. That's CandidCO.com slash TI. Use code TI for $75 off. That's CandidCO.com slash TI. Code TI. Now, see, as well versed as you are in politics, I have to ask, and I'm sure you've heard it before. When is Luke going to run for mayor of Miami? <laughs> I actually, I, let me tell you the little trick I did. I did it, I did run. I ran some years ago. It was a special election because the the mayor had got pretty much impeached, uh, and we ran. We, I ran a special election. I knew uh, that it was going to be difficult for me to win. But what I did know that I was going, if I ran, I could establish a base of people, a block of vote. And so mm-hmm. now, when I did get the block of vote, then I could then take that block of vote and then and, and then use that block of vote to get shit 
for the community. So right now, right. you know, I came in like third place, and I have like thirty uh, percent of the okay. election in my in Miami Dade County. So when any before anybody becoming the mayor of Miami, it's almost like you rather be the king or the king maker. The king maker, I can still go and do what I do. So yeah. I so they come to me. They come to me all the time to get my endorsement because my block of vote will then tend to vote my my direction that candidate nine times a ten normally wins. So that's my way of being able to get shit for the community and, and for our people. And and they, they don't they don't fuck with us like that. <laughs> I mean man, you have always been just a a uh uh, uh, a pillar to the community in Miami and you've always represented Miami to the fullest uh, and so when I saw your video that you that you posted a couple weeks ago instructing people that when they come to Miami you know what I'm saying to leave it the way they found it and don't disrespect the grounds Could, now I, I, I agree with you completely because I feel the same way about Atlanta uh but d- can you please kind of share, you know what I'm saying, exactly without interruption what you meant? Well, the thing is, what I meant was like this, you know, um, you have a, you have a lot of people that come here and move. We love it. We Great artists come down, move down here. But then you have a few that come down, that leave from different areas because uh, they got a problem for where they live at. Then they'll come down here, they use... Uh, they use the hood as a backdrop. They use the kids in the hood uh, as pawns in the game. They promise them uh, record deals. They give them the little, you know, sign them up with the little bullshit. But then they don't never go past. They they're not really having a deal with the with the record label. So they kind of use some of the kids around here. And you know, on that front, the business part of it. But then on the other other side of it, you know, I tell people if you move here, you know, get involved with the community. You know. Uh, you know, be involved, you know, and there's some cases where you don't, you just want to move in, hide and duck and don't want to be involved. That's fine. But then now when you start claiming Miami and you're not here from here, there's no different. Like if I go, I'm in Atlanta all the time. My sister-in-law lived there. I'm not going to run up in Atlanta and claim Atlanta. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to show respect to the people like yourself, Gip, everybody. Those, you know, shit. Hey, I'm moving in Atlanta. Where I'm moving at? Where I'm moving around at? Hey, give. I'm moving around over here. I'm over here. You know what I'm saying? I'm going to have respect sure. for the community. I ain't acting like I'm coming in there hijacking the community. You feel me? Right. I try to tell these dudes, you know, don't, don't, you know, come in here, have respect for the community, do what you do, you know, and, uh, and, and uh, treat people the way you want to be treated. Absolutely. I mean, you can't do nothing but respect that. That's, you know what I'm saying? That just goes. That go with I saying, you know what I'm saying? But I guess common sense ain't always common. Uh <laughs> but look though, now now I got to say because I was a little I was a little one at the time, but there was an instance where it was a large group of Miamians that made their way up to Atlanta and they didn't have the mentality of <laughs> of Uncle Luke right at the time. You know what I'm saying? They 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 had a little bit more uh, uh some a mindset of destruction and domination on their minds, you know what I'm saying? Uh I think that man, I think that honestly, bro, 
We've all come a long way. Our cities have come a long way. We've grown together. We've learned from each other. We've made millions together. You know what I'm saying? You opened the door for me and and everybody else who came after you to come in, man, and reap the benefits of all of the the, the fruits that this that this uh this industry has to offer. Um, what do you think is the biggest difference between back then and right now? Back back then, it was like I, I and I remember that movement. I remember that movement. It was a lot, a lot of killing. A lot of my homeboys. <laughs> it was like a fucking war. Like it was almost like uh, somebody one of them gladiator movies where yeah. where they had to go and take over a whole other territory, and you had yeah. to go and, and go to war. And so yeah. you know, it was a lot. And a lot of my homeboys right now, uh, who uh, you know who who was in that. And did a lot of shit. They're getting out of jail right now, you know. Uh, uh, and some, some of them still, you know, a lot of them buried up there. And uh, back, back then, again, it was almost similar. Just like you say, it was similar to, to, to what I say when a lot of people come from from north to come to Miami. They think, okay, all oh, these niggas is country down here. You know, they slowing shit, and we just gonna hijack the town. And I think a lot of that was taking the game from here and going mm-hmm. to Atlanta saying, oh, we'll take this same game, this street game and this hustle game up there. And then mm-hmm. Atlanta wasn't having it because they had their hustle game on and and yeah. so it became a, a a big a big problem. And a lot of the Miami dudes kind of moved into the bushes up there and a lot of them came back, uh, the ones who didn't, who didn't die. Uh, but I think the difference is right now everybody kind of respect everybody's right. territory. Every now and then you have somebody get out of line and uh, and then try to go set up shop in some place where they ain't got no business. But then they know if you do set up shop somewhere, you're gonna probably end up uh, getting uh, what they call touched up. Yeah, I mean, man, I think that the Miami boys and Atlanta situation. That shit is unique to the times that, that, that it happened in. You know what I'm saying? It was a lot of other shit going around, going on around, uh, during those times that didn't have shit to do with none of the people, none of the players that was involved. Uh, and a lot of times, you know, motherfuckers was really being used as pawns on a chessboard. Uh, Cause that was around the same time the Iran Contra scandal when, you know what I'm saying, when they were bringing in the dope from Nicaragua and dropping it off and just trying to distribute it in the hood whatever way they can. And, you know what I'm saying, I think that, you know, if we've learned anything from that, it's do what, do what benefits you and yours without having to harm or violate anybody else. Yeah, you're correct. You're correct. I mean, cause that back then, I mean, they had, uh, and they got a documentary on TV about it. I mean, uh, they had cocaine cowboys. I mean, everything you saw in the Scarface movie, uh, which everything you saw in that movie was pretty much how shit was going on around here uh, with with this group, uh, uh, Blanco and all them. That's how how that shit was going. So, and their whole thing was, they would like, go take over here, go take over there because we got all the goods and and uh, it was that shit was it was deep back then. It was real deep, yeah. and and so they were just like you said, they were sending guys as pawns in the game to try and take over other areas, and then they were giving them all the the guns and everything else uh, to try and do that. 
Now, it, now, what what is odd is right, um, because another another door you kick down is the door of I guess you could call it the hip hop sexual revolution. If you, <laughs> uh, so all the shit that's going on right now with the twerking and the cucumbers and all the you know what I'm saying. <laughs> all that shit really come from two live crew you know what I'm saying did you ever imagine that shit would have evolved and even only fans okay so now the same shit motherfucker were doing on stage with you they doing at home in front of their computer and got motherfucker paying them thousands of dollars a month in subscriptions did you ever imagine such a thing let me tell you I I remember being a young boy DJing at the teen disco and across the street from the teen disco, it was a fucking strip club called Tootsies. Uh, and it was a little strip the club. Same the same Tootsies? The, the Tootsies. It's the same your favorite, your favorite place. Yeah, your favorite place. <laughs> All right. A little club on the corner. It was, it's yeah. not the back of what you have right now. It was a little club on the corner. And I had some white dudes there with my security uh, for the team disco because the white guy owned it. He felt safe with them protecting the place. And them dudes said, man, I'm going to take you over. I want to take you to the strip club. And I was like, man, black people don't go in no strip club. Hell no. So then I eventually ended up going in there, seeing that shit. I was shocked. And then now you fast forward. <laughs> You fast forward to the music part of them, like, man, we got to be different than Run DMC and all these other dudes. Shit, they got the power behind them. So then I added the girls to it. Right. Like, we knew it. The shows got more crazier. And then yeah. you then had the, the Rolex, you know, strip club, and then Magic City and all these strip clubs. And right. I, we would end up getting the dancers from there. Uh, but we created the dances, you know, all the, sure. you know, uh, Twerking was was uh, popping that pussy, and uh, <laughs> you know, so that was the song. That was that's what they did. That's how they uh, uh, danced to it, you know. And uh, it, it's crazy I, to, to for the evolve right now to see where it's at. It, it's a, it, it's amazing because you see people, you see the kid, you see people dancing to it. I'm outside, so the bugs is fucking with me. Uh, you see people dancing to the music, and you see them twerking, and you see them changing their names, and they're doing the same exact dance that mm. that, uh, that their mama did. So it's real funny. <laughs> I'll be like, hey, hey, I got some pictures and shit in the garage. I'll be like, man, uh, all these people who came to these shows and saw this dancing, y'all got <laughs> these babies, and these fucking babies is doing the same shit. <laughs> Thanks to our sponsor, Manscaped. You can trim the hedges below the belt safely and efficiently. Now, uh, those of you who did not know, I'm talking about your balls. Yes. Manscaped is the only men's brand dedicated to below-the-waist grooming, okay? They have forever changed the grooming game with their Perfect Package 3.0. Precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. You dig what I'm saying? The Perfect Package 3.0 kit come with the Essential Lawnmower 
3.0 waterproof cordless body trim and a ton of other liquid formulations to round out your manscaping routine. Hey, listen, man. Anybody interested in trimming the hairs on your balls, man? You want to do it in style? You looking for a new grooming device for yourself? Holla at manscaped.com. You understand what I'm saying? And when you do that, you can get yourself 20% off plus free shipping with the code TIP at manscaped.com, man. You understand that? Do yourself a favor. Always use the right tool for the job that one wasn't bad either this is the perfect package for the perfect package go to manscaped.com right now man order yourself the manscaped uh 3.0 kit you dig what i'm saying get 20 percent off and free shipping when you use the code tip at manscaped.com that's 20 percent off with free shipping at manscaped.com all right don't forget to use the code bro tip Alright, it's spring cleaning, partner. Manscaped.com, man, you know what I mean? If you're looking to trim your ball hair, you may as well do it in style. Man, what's the wildest shit you seen, man? Why you like with the wildest shit that you could imagine that that happened on a on a two live crew tour? We had one time where because you know you go through these phases with the show and you make changes with the show. Uh right. You know how that goes. So one one year we say we're gonna make some changes. We're gonna get some because we had to went through the strippers. We had to went through the dancers, and we like fuck that. We need girls that's gonna do tricks on stage. So we had got one two girls from Chicago. One girl she was pulling beads out of stuff, and like a lot of beads, a lot of beads. Mm. So she, she would come out there pull the beads out, and then uh, then you had one girl that was that would take a baby doll and stick it up her. And so it'd be a part of the show. Oh, she's finna have a baby. She's pregnant. <laughs> <laughs> Look at my wife is laughing. She probably hey, heard that. Hey, you can't make this shit up, bro. Oh, you can't make it up. <laughs> you can't make this shit up, man. And, and, and speaking of which, I heard that you also have a biopic at Lionsgate underway. Yeah, I need you to play me. You need, <laughs> you want me to play Luther? You want me to play Luther Campbell? I need you to play me. You, hey, you, you, we, I can't you wait. got the Southern accent. I can't wait. <laughs> you, yeah, I need you to play me. I can't, I can't <laughs> wait, bro. I can't <laughs> wait, man. I can see you with all the girls on stage. <laughs> so, so basically, man, the entire, and I'd be, look, I'd be honored to do that, by the way. So, you know what I'm saying? Offline, if that, you know what I'm saying? We can kick that can a little later. But the, the actual show for Two Live Crew, it came from your experience at the strip clubs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, what we did, right? I, like I say, you know, once we got into the part of, uh, you know, just like you say, when the two live crew is like, okay, we got these records, we gotta, we gotta perform the records, we gotta, we gotta get the people what they want. We can't be up here talking about we want some pussy and face down, ass up, and, and head, head, and more head without describing that on stage. So I kind of always looked at the show as, you know, you're gonna get the same shit what you got in the music on stage. The visual representation. Exactly, the visual representation. So we ended up uh, going to the strip club, getting the strippers. And I would tell the strippers, you know, we we started off doing them in the videos. You know, so the videos is like, I was like, fuck these little skinny-ass girls, models, they can't dance. You know what I'm saying? Uh, so what I would do is I would take the model girls and use their face. Because back then, uh-huh. the 
just wasn't they had all the makeup and they you know their hair wasn't like it was now it wasn't no stitches yeah. so we would take the face of the, the of the model girls uh-huh. and they face and use the ass of the dancers <laughs> So when we shot it, when we shot it, it was like, you know, and then I would tell the dancers, I was like, look, you got to perform for the, and so if there was a nice looking, we would say, you got to perform for the camera. Do that same right. shit for that, that not attractive guy to get all his money. So we would tell him to do that shit to the camera. And so that kind of like locked people in. And before you know it, and then obviously we couldn't get the shit on TV, but then they came Ooh. with this called video jukebox. And that was kind of helped us out. That kind of blew us up because, you know, that's where it was all pay-per-view videos and motherfuckers were sitting there looking at the girls with the... That was the first YouTube. That was the first YouTube. That was the first YouTube. The video jukebox where you could call in and you just, whatever video you wanted to play for, what, 99 or 299, you put that video in and that motherfucker would play whenever you wanted it to. That was the first YouTube. That shit that I remember that shit vividly. Now tell me this because we gotta travel. We gotta take them on a. Uh, 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 we gotta take them on a ride. What happened that caused you, who didn't even want to be in the group, to live crew at first? What caused you to go solo and become Luther Campbell? Well, I mean, you know, when we when I was with the group, I never had a contract with them. We to this day we never had a contract. We were all. It was like, okay, uh, whatever the group decides as as a group, we'll do uh, as a group. So when I started the company, you know, now the group is in the company. They, you know, we're putting the, putting the records out. They're doing their thing. They're making their money. We're going doing tours. We I'm discovering other artists, uh, whether it's uh, Poison Clan, uh, MC Shadi, uh, Ace Town, or all these different other artists. Uh, we just doing the business of it. Uh, but we never had a contract. Everybody else did. And so there came a period of time uh, where where we were going through something at the company where we had so many samples that I was getting sued from everywhere else. So one thing uh, the guys, you know, one of my lawyers said, the way you get rid of all this shit is, is you do, uh, you might want to consider doing a chapter 11, uh, not a seven because you, you can't do a seven because you ain't fucking broke. Uh, you do a chapter 11, put all those, uh, put all those, uh, lawsuits in one bag and then you just pay them and then all the money that you getting, still getting off the records that you selling, that money come to you and you don't have no bills. I was like, oh, hell yeah. <laughs> they said, hey, look, you gotta, uh, so now, in order, you might want to do a contract with the two live crew. And so now I had this one guy who was a, a lawyer in the company, which I kind of suspected him. He was a little shady, uh, which quite a few of the, the, the people who worked there were like, you got to watch that motherfucker right there. Mm. Uh, he was my lawyer. He ended up, you know, uh, I said, well, get a contract for the two live crew because if I'm going to do this shit here, then I'm going to have to cram this down and all the artists that's on the label and they with the label. So we ended up uh, talking to them about a contract, you know, long story short. The contract was one-sided toward them, so it was like him negotiating it. So Buddy, at the end of the day, he was trying to steal the group uh, from the company to start his own shit, which he eventually ended up doing. Uh, And once we did that, once the contract was all fucked up, I was like, look, I don't want to be bothered with it because I ain't on that. We ain't never had a contract. Uh, the shit that we talk about is ridiculous. Y'all really want to be with homeboy? 
Y'all can go with him. You know, and I, I own the name Ooh. at the time because we registered. I was the caretaker of it. I, we all owned it. But then I say, take the name, and and I gave it to Chris. Uh, God bless. So y'all go do what the hell y'all got to do uh, uh, with this dude here. And then I eventually ended up going chapter 11. So in the chapter 11, everybody could have made a decision of who want to still be with Luke and who don't want to be with Luke. So they eventually uh, went with him. And that was it for me uh, as far as being with them. And then I ended up, while I was in Chapter 11, uh, that's when I discovered uh, Trick Daddy. I actually got him out of jail. And uh, we were staying together. Uh, he came, stayed at, at, uh, at, my, uh, at my condo. And uh, we just started doing music. And we did an album when I was in Chapter 11. And I had signed up. I did a deal with uh, Island Records, and they were trying to get that motherfucker. But I had never signed up as an artist to my own company as well. So, you know, that's right. how they broke up, and they went their way. And how we got back was they came, because they put out records. The shit didn't do nothing. And they were like, yo, man, we want to uh, work this shit out. And so I'm, you know, hey, man, it's whatever. You know, and so Ice Cube, uh, that's when Ice Cube stepped to me about doing a uh, – a song on the Friday soundtrack. Uh, okay. And I, he said, hey, man, I got this song I want you to do. And I was going to do it as a solo artist. And I said, nah, these dudes trying to uh, come back and we can get this shit going. So then that's when I ended up taking that song, taking that ideal in the song. And then I made it a two live crew song because I said, this will bring them, bring the group back up into the into the uh, spotlight because this movie going to be big. Uh, and right. that's when I did Hoochie Mama, uh, I took because you know they were saying in the movie they, the clip they sent me, the girl was saying oh and the dude was like oh you a hood hood rat Hoochie Mama ass bitch and all that and everything I took that part <laughs> and you know and I put it and so we tried to go do it again and shit they got hot and them niggas went south again and I was like okay I ain't fuck with y'all no more. So did you did you take a, a piece of info like did you take a, a lesson or any piece of information that you learned from the group? into your solo career? Yeah, I mean, uh I took a I took a lot a lot of information because me and me and Mix, uh me and Mix, you know, be, being that both of us were DJs, uh me and Mix were, were able to um we would vibe on the same level. Like like I would be you know, I'd say, okay, me so horny, I'm looking at this full metal jacket movie, uh this lady, me so horny and and I say, man, uh, what about sampling that that uh that mass production, you know, Firecracker, because that's a big song at the crib, you know. And he mm. was sampling, put the shit together, put the beat on it, and then had a girl in there. So, and then we were going, hey man, y'all need to just rap about me being horny. So, all of the production part of putting a set, putting together a song, and I learned a lot uh from Mix because he was the producer and he had more experience. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, how we put songs together uh, and created the songs, uh, you know, that I learned, I learned a lot of that from that. And, uh, you know, and what I, and I, and I transformed into something, you know, just like you asked me earlier, when you got in the group, you know, I got in the group as a, as a DJ talking shit. And then I ended up finding a role within that. Uh, and my role was okay. Now I'm the guy that's singing on the songs versus the guy just at the at the uh, at the show getting the crowd hyped up. So 
now I've, I've found a niche. Okay, this is who you are. You DJing on the record, so I do I Want to Rock, that's me DJing, and I do We Want Some Pussy, that's me screaming, and all the other. I still stayed in my lane, and that's why I always tell people, I, you know, you know, I'm a, I'm not a necessarily a rapper. I'm a, right. a, I'm a hype man. Me and Flavor Flavor in a whole other area. You know, you guys, <laughs> you know, we, right. we we're like uh, it's like a construction uh, uh, site. We we cement guys and the rappers is the motherfucker who who plow the fields and shit. So I kind of did you know stayed in my lane and do it did the things that I would uh, normally do in that. Another person, another thing we have in common, DJ Toon. Toop, my man yeah. Toop. Yeah. DJ Toop. So DJ Toop is the godfather of trap music. Me and DJ Toop, man, in here how while he would cut my hair, man. He'll be playing beats and shit. And I come up with I think 20 folds like that. Be easy. Dope boys of trap niggas in in, in Toop Mama How while I was over there getting my hair cut. He'll just be he'll just be going through beats and I just come up with shit while I'm getting my hair cut. Take the beat with me and we'll have a song. Yeah, you know I mean, yeah, yeah, and uh, and and DJ Toon started out with y'all, didn't it? Yeah, man, DJ DJ Toon and uh, Mike Fresh. Yeah, uh, I mean, I remember, I remember it like it was yesterday, man. Them dudes came down, you know, and and they were young, you know, and they, you know, they, you know, young producers, and they wanted to do music, and right. and it just, you know, they had, I mean, great fucking ideals, and so when I looked at when I looked at him and him and uh, Mike Fresh. It was like a breath of fresh air because at that point I was only working with one producer, you know, right. and that producer was Mr. Mix, and Mr. Mix was doing everything for the company, and so those guys came on and they they just brought a whole nother perspective of of how to do music, uh, how to how to do music, how 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 different the music is, and so we just basically gave them uh, Poison Clan. This is. This y'all shit. Poison Clan with the with some of the most that shit. That was some of the most unadulterated gangster shit I've ever heard in my fucking life. JT Money Man, hey man, hell to the Poison Clan. You can never trust a man. Exactly. <laughs> Life's a bitch, so I marry one. <laughs> a nigga in love with a bitch is very dumb. Very dumb. <laughs> Support for Expeditiously comes from my friends at Rocket Mortgage by Quicken Loans. Home today is so much more than it was yesterday. But at Rocket Mortgage, home is still all about you. If you need mortgage assistance, their team is available 24-7 to answer questions and offer solutions. From their home to yours, the team at Rocket Mortgage is with you. Visit rocketmortgage.com slash TIP to learn more. Call for cost information and conditions, equal housing lender, license in all 50 states, and MLSconsumeraccess.org number 3030. Hey, man. So that brings me to my next question. After all of the shit that you gone through, that you represented, that you learned in life, how does Luke take that into fatherhood, into marriage, into this part of your life that you that you're now living and doing an excellent job at it. How do you transition? Like, how do you balance all that? Well, I mean, you know, you know, and, and I mean, you you know how it is when you fucking hot as hell and you. And my wife is gone now, so I can I can probably. <laughs> how do you handle that as a father? See that, and and that's listen, man. That that's the the unique part of it because like I gotta. 
a 10-year-old and then I got a 27-year-old. So my daughter, who, who kind of runs my, my company uh, now, I always, you know, I always knew that, you know, one thing about kids, they, they like to be in their own shit. Because mm. I is old shit. So right. the good part about it, they ain't trying to, you know, not not like me. You know, I was a kid. I'm looking for the Dolomite shit and all that. I'm listening to the cussing shit when everybody gone. But for right. them, you know, I, they they don't want to. They don't they don't like they don't like daddy. You know, they don't look at daddy as a as an artist. You know, and want mm. daddy shit. You know, they want to listen to their own shit. So so for years, I was able to escape it. But like mm. right now, the ten year old. Uh, he runs around in here, and when you have, when you have fucking French Montana and shit, uh, sampling my, my music, and you having uh, Travis Scott talking about, yeah, when I'm in uh, Miami, Uncle Luke, then my son, ten years old, and he all on the fucking, he like, oh, okay, all right, he goes to school, and everybody like, yeah, Travis Scott said your daddy name, so now it's the cool guy that they yeah. fuck with. Yeah. <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> yeah, your daddy, and then I gotta watch the YouTube and police that shit. Man. Yeah, yeah. So it, it's that's the most strangest shit. Yeah. That's the strangest shit. Cause we go as a youngster, we don't never imagine ourselves. Just like you said earlier, we didn't even think we were gonna live to see 21, 25, let alone 30, 40, and 50. So we're not planning for the future. You know what I'm saying? We out here living for the moment, having the best time we can right now because we don't know how many more we got left. But when we make it to be 30, 40, 50 years old and all of the the the, the culmination of things that we've done, now we sit down with our daughters because the sons, okay, cool. You know what I'm saying? We can kind of get by. But our daughters, I have a hard time. A different version of that, we have all, all of us who held a certain position in, in society as players, I guess you could call it. That's the conversation we have with our daughters at all times. Hey, listen, whatever you do, do it on your own terms. Don't let nobody get you in no position to make you feel guilty. If you ain't doing this for them, then you don't love them. Whatever you do, if you, if you start itching, you scratch it. But don't let nobody tell you you itching for you. You know what I'm saying? You scratch the itch when you see fit. On your time, on your terms. I think that's the best That's the best piece of advice any of us could give any any of our daughters. Um, and you did. You also, man, you also had a show on VH1. Another thing we, had, we have in common, you also had a family show on VH1. <laughs> yeah, and what what was it? It was family vet or parental advisory. Parental advisory. Yeah, I had my kids on there. It was it was, you know, I I wanted to show, um, you know, when I when I kind of came up and did the show, they approached me to do it. You know, most of, you know everybody, you know, they they wanted to see the transition between, you know, the the guy with all, you know, at night I'm in the strip club with all the girls and and doing all the wild shit on the shows and the tours, and then now I got to be a daddy, then I got to run the office. So it's kind of three phases of it, uh, which was real, it was real fun, you know, and, and I, I went into it with the, in the mindset that this show is not going to ruin my family, you know what I'm saying? Right. Because I look 
at it and saw a lot of families get ruined, you know, uh, behind reality shows because at that time it was a lot of families on reality shows, kids right. going crazy because they can't handle the stardom. You know, we can handle it because, you know, we done went through shit, but then now you got kids and then now you got producers making shit up. So I right. wanted to show, I wanted to show, you know, because most people think, Oh man, Luke! I'm going to Luke's house. He got motherfucking bitches swinging on them chandeliers. <laughs> hey, that's damn sure what I thought. I ain't gonna lie to you, bro. I ain't gonna lie to you. That's damn sure what I thought. <laughs> How could we not? You know what I'm saying? I say you supposed to think that. And at one point, <laughs> I did have that. That was the design. That was the way that the the mark, as you said, the marketing of it all was designed for us to think that way. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. But at one point it was like that when I was single. <laughs> now, how long have you been married? How long have you been married, Luke? Oh, uh, man, this is my uh, 11th year. 11th my year. 11th year. Your first wife and only wife. First and only. First and only. Okay. I was, okay. I was like, fuck this. If I do it, I'm only going to do it one time. I let her know. And you know what I feel. Yeah. I, I, I feel. It don't make no sense. If this shit don't work, then that's just it, man. You know what I'm saying? That's it. That's just it. You done fucked it up for everybody else. If this shit don't work, you know what I'm saying? Ain't no more. But I, but I, you know, and, and it was... One and done. One and done. That's right. It was hard for her at the beginning because you know how it is. You know, girl get with celebrity and she ain't in the business, don't know nothing about it. But I then told her, I say... I said, look at all. I said, the difference between us and the R&B dudes and actors and actresses, we're loyal to rappers are loyal to their girl, their wives. Right. They, they, we're loyal, and when you look at the the grand scheme of it all, you look at Cube, you look at uh, uh, KRS One, you look at uh, LL Cool J, you look at you, you look at you know, you look at all these guys, and then we are, we are loyal. So. Don't get it twisted with us with what everybody else does in the entertainment business. If we fuck with you, we fuck with you, and we're going to ride it for life. And that's the thing now. Now, a lot of people will listen to you say that, and they will challenge loyalty and say, well, how could you be loyal if you have infidelity? And if you, But see, the thing is, right, okay, everybody at some point in time, man, woman, child, going to fuck up. Everybody. Now, Absolutely. It's going to happen. Now, what happens after the fuck up and what you choose to do to correct it is what's going to determine whether or not you loyal to this person. If you fuck up and you say, all right, you know what? Yeah, I fucked up. But get what? Fuck it. I'm gone. I'm through. So what? So what? I fucked up and it's over with. I'm gone. Right. See, but if you say, "Okay, shit, man, I fucked up, man. I fucked up. Cool. Uh, Let's goddamn put this shit back together, man. You know what I'm saying? Don't nothing be the fuck up but a fix. You know what I mean? And that's what and that's what you describe. And people who might have took one to the chin or two or a few, but at the same time, they got up more times than they got knocked down. And I think that's what's commendable about it. That yep, that's the commitment. That's the commitment to to the marriage. And 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 because they're like say Every, there's going to be challenges. If you plan on being, you know, you just get up there and say, oh, we're going to be together forever uh, to death do us part, to sickness and health and sickness and health. So that not mean I got a cold. Or I, I mean, sick in the head too, right? 
I'm sick of it. I, I fucked up. <laughs> so, if it's a if it's a strong bond, you 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 hold on to the bond and you stay there because it's it, it, especially when you got kids involved. You know, everybody can easy cut and run and all that. So you gotta look at the body of it. And I tell people all the time, they're like, "How the fuck did you stay married?" I was like, "I got married when I was ready." Fuck mm. that. I wasn't ready. I wasn't gonna get married because I was fucking around with everybody. So I yeah. when I got tired and ran my course, then I laid it down. Okay, so right now, if 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 the opportunity came, right, if they putting together another tour. They need Luke Skywalker, Uncle Luke, headlining the nasty we want to be 2020. <laughs> what would your answer be to some shit like that? Nasty is the one. Let me tell you, I my thing. My thing is, my answer would be yes, <laughs> but with with conditions. <laughs> Yeah, with condition because I feel like we are beyond. It, it ain't it ain't about Luke and nobody else. It's about the fans right now. You know when you you have the fans who paid the records, they die hard. They're the ones who be arguing in the barbershop. Uh, who the best rapper? This is my guy. This is my group. Who the best group? You. It becomes beyond the individual. So it's be it's more about giving the people what they want. So I think it's it's, it's kinda it'd be fucked up when you go in and those the fans want all that whole group together. I don't have this shit. We ain't gonna do what we did before. We ain't gonna party. We we yeah. gonna go into the hotel room. I'm gonna be on a different bus. I'm gonna I'm it's gonna you know, I'm an independent contract at that point. So I ain't right. we ain't vibing like that. We ain't going home. We ain't partying together or nothing. It's all business but you owe it. You owe it to the fans to mm. give them uh, what they want because ultimately they the one paying for it. They buying a ticket to go see that. Man, that's 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 a that's a very that's an entrepreneur's way of putting it. You know what I'm saying? That's a very eloquent, professional way of putting it. But look, man, it, we we've been talking a long time. I appreciate your time. It's still a lot of shit that we ain't covered. Uh, I didn't know that you were a, a a columnist for the Miami New Times. You know what I'm saying? So you actually got into the world of journalism. Uh, I didn't know that you were a a a sports radio host. I had no idea, and I didn't even catch that you were honored by the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it, just like you say. It's, You've been busy as a motherfucker, man. I know, man. I don't know how to hear that. I'm, I'm half Jamaican. <laughs> you know, us Jamaicans, we're jack of all trades. We're all over the fucking place. Uh, I, I mean, I, I do the car. I try to do things for a reason. Like, I do the column, you know, right after I ran for office. I say, how do I speak to uh, my constituents on a weekly Ooh. basis. So I use the column in a major newspaper as my newsletter on a weekly basis, talking about Ooh. the issue. So, okay. Um, so I used I used that. And I write it up. Uh, we write it and uh, put it out, and it's more like a newsletter. Uh, mm-hmm. So again, when it's time for me to endorse somebody, you know, I'll then write it up. This is why I endorse this person. These are the things they're going to do for everybody. And so, you know, I, I, I try to do stuff like that. I was doing the sports radio show. Uh, I stopped doing the show. Um, 
because it was just too much. You know, I coach high school football and trying to get from the sports radio show to the practice field, uh, from the office and all that shit. It was a little, it was too, it kind of got a little too hectic. And then I got mad with my co-hosts. I, you know, I cussed them out, but Mm. it was too much for me anyway. So before you go, man, I got to say congratulations, man. You have a new podcast, The Luke Show. Yes, yes, yes. I got to get you on there. Man, I can't wait to be I, I can't wait to be on there. Tell us a little bit about it. Yeah, I mean, you know, uh again, it's it's pretty much a takeoff of the, of the of the column because the column's so popular. I've been doing it for like 7 years. You know, it's about sports, politics, and entertainment. So I kind of try to cover all those bases, you know, I I uh, interview, you know, Bakari Sellers, you know, politics, talking politics, a CNN contributor, a guy, you know, who was uh, an elected official in uh, South Carolina. Then I did Jaden Rose, and I just did, uh, we just did, just came out, uh, the uh, one with Desmond Howard, you know, where we mm-hmm. talked about, you know, uh, college football and uh, his life and things that he went through. So, okay. you know, we try to do those things, you know, uh, uh, and it's interesting because you get to just like, just like your show is, you get to have great conversations, get in depth, and talk about things people don't don't normally uh, don't normally know, you know, because most of us just see the shit on TV right. or blog, and they think you think you know a person, but you don't really know a person till you talk to them. That's real. That's real. Is it anything? Get well, well. First of all, where can we find uh, the the Luke show? Uh, it's on Podbean, and it's on all the platforms. Uh, Podbean distributed. It's pretty much on all the platforms, and you know people uh, find it interesting because you know I'm, you know I get a little off the cuff. You know I get. <laughs> I'm, saying, I'm the fucking free speech guy, so I kind of as you should. I try to as, keep it real. Yeah, man, as you should, bro. I appreciate you for everything that you've done, man. All your contributions. Uh, all of the the doors that you kicked open for us, uh, and when I say us, I'm talking about me and everybody to do what I do. If you cuss on camera, goddamn, and get paid to do it, you owe Luke and a, you owe Luke some appreciation. You know what I'm saying? Uh, if you if you shaking your ass on camera. And you know good and goddamn well <laughs> you wouldn't be doing that shit if your mama was in there. But then again, some of y'all had that so damn bad nowadays, you probably would. But even still, all the OnlyFans motherfuckers, y'all owe Luke, y'all owe Luke some appreciation, man. Uh, <laughs> Is there anything else you got going on, man? You wanna you wanna shout out, you wanna holler at us about? No, I mean, you know, that's that's about it. I mean, we got a couple more uh uh docuseries that we get ready to plan on. Before the pandemic, uh, uh, drop a couple of those uh, in the coming years, start shooting them uh, in the movie. You know, we're excited about the movie. Uh, we went through a couple of writings of it. Who producing the movie, by the way? Uh, Marty Bowen. You know Marty? Marty Bowen. I heard the name before. Yeah, he did quite a few movies. Uh, uh, Marty is doing the movie and shit. We just, you know, we just... Chopping away, you know. I, I like this whole transition of of getting more involved in into uh, TV and movie from right. the side of it. I think we still have a lot to offer from the Miami perspective of showing the shit that's going on here because you can see, you know, I love what what y'all do in Atlanta and how they show Atlanta and shoot it and the shows right. that are 
out of it and you already got New York and, and, and what comes out of there. I just think, you know, shit. We need to see some palm trees and there's a void for it. <laughs> Who the fuck can say no to that? Who can say no to that? Exactly, the strip clubs and palm trees. You dig what I'm saying? That sounds like another podcast. <laughs> All right, so Uncle Lou, we have a tradition here expeditiously. The tradition is the word of the week. Now, the word of the week. Since we're on the beach. There you go. Hell yeah. Shit, man. I feel better already, man. God damn. So, <laughs> so the, the tradition here is the word of the week. Now, the word of the week is a word that I pull out of my illustrious vocabulary or the dictionary. And, um, and it's a word that describes the guests or the conversation that I've had with the guests. And the word that I've selected in, in honor of you today is ribald. R-I-B-A-L-D, ribald. Ribald is an adjective referring to sexual matters in an amusingly coarse or irreverent way, vulgar or indecent in speech, language, etc. Now, what I will do, <laughs> now what I do is, I'm going to use it in a sentence so motherfuckers who listening right now, they can go off and use the word like they don't know that their whole life ain't going to give me or you no credit, no trip. All right, so using it in a sentence. Uncle Luke was known for his ribald songs and explicit lyrics, such as Face Down, Ass Up, which is one of my favorites. You got to love this shit, man. <laughs> man, thank you for all you've done in music, in the community, uh, and in your life, man. And just being an example, bro, as a black man coming from where you came from to where you are, you're alive, you're legitimate. You successful, you accomplished, you committed to your family. And that's an example that, you know, we didn't see enough of growing up. So I just think, man, you know what I'm saying? It's my obligation and everybody else that look like me to salute you while you still here to see it. I appreciate it. I appreciate it, my brother. I appreciate everything you're doing. And I appreciate you having me on the show. And and, and just like I said before, I love what you're doing. And, and you represent us uh, fucking well. Man, thank you. Whatever you're doing, I mean, family-wise, uh, TV, movie, uh, I, I just I just love the fact, you know, I look at young guys like yourself and see how y'all transform you to hip-hop as a platform uh, to, to just expand yourself uh, and, and do what the fuck you want to do when you want to do it. So I, I really, I really, uh, I'm a big fan, and I really appreciate uh, what you do. Man, thank you, man. Can't thank you enough. And, and look, and of course... Tip wouldn't have been tipped without nasty they want to be. I would just let you know that right now. There wouldn't have been no pussy pumper number one. There wouldn't have been no hey, let's get away or none of that shit without my grandmama buying me nasty as they want to be at eight years old. Thanks to this gentleman right here. <laughs> that's crazy. Listen, that's crazy you say that because there... There have been plenty tours where I had to listen to motherfucking T.I. before going on stage to get my ass turned up. Man, that's what's up, bro. You say that, you know what I'm saying? I ain't got to put T.I. It all come full circle, bro. It all come full circle. Yeah, say hey, hello to wife. Come on and say hello to me. She finally made it back. Hey, what's going on? How you doing, Queen? I'm good. How are you? <laughs> Love and respect, man. Thank you for allowing us so much time with your king here, man, you know. 
Thank you for the palm trees. <laughs> man, absolutely. Hey, man, me and my old lady going to come down, man. We're going to kick it one day. Please. Oh. We'd love to take you out to dinner and happy over. And the kids, too. Absolutely. Love and respect, man. Thank you. Okay, thank you. All right, now. This has been Expeditiously. <laughs> Expeditiously. Hey, listen, man. I got some exciting news. My show, Expeditiously, will now be available on Spotify. And it's free. If you already listen to music on Spotify, now you can listen to the podcast in the same place. Thanks for listening to Expeditiously with me, T.I.P. Don't forget to subscribe to Apple Podcasts and Podcast One and rate and review, please. Expeditiously is produced, engineered, and edited by K.C. Morris. What makes a business a business? It's not the circumstances of a world that woke up on the wrong side of the bed that year. That decade, it's the everyday entrepreneur ready to put themselves out there. We're all sailing against the wind right now, but we will make it to shore. It's been done before, and we will do it again. To help you get started, we're offering websites, marketing tools, and guidance all for free. Learn more at GoDaddy.com. What makes a business a business? It's not the circumstances of a world that woke up on the wrong side of the bed that year. That decade, it's the everyday entrepreneur ready to put themselves out there. We're all sailing against the wind right now, but we will make it to shore. It's been done before, and we will do it again. To help you get started, we're offering websites, marketing tools, and guidance all for free. Learn more at GoDaddy.com.